Welcome to Phoenix and Flame, pushing through and transforming even when you feel like a pile of ash. This podcast is not intended for use as psychotherapy. If you feel you are in crisis, please call 911 or contact your local crisis hotline. Welcome to Phoenix and Flame. I'm Dana, and this is my podcast on pushing through and transforming even when you feel like a pile of ash. Well, this episode finds me in an interesting situation here in the location of where I'm recording my podcast because in the building that I'm in, there have been some new tenants that have moved in below me. And usually I try to record my podcast episodes on Saturdays when I know the building is largely empty. But apparently, and understandably, my new tenants downstairs are here apparently attaching some things to the walls and other such things. I've, I've been hearing noises, rather loud pounding noises, and what sounds like a circular saw <laughs> and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> At first, I was all irritated and kind of walking around the office trying to find another area of our office I could go to to record my episode, but it seemed like no matter where I went, I could hear the pounding, and I sat here and thought of any other number of places I could possibly go and ruled them all out. It's not really going to be working very well. I know some people are very successful recording their podcasts from their homes, which I probably would be able to do well if it weren't for my little dog. Her name is Olive, and she is what people call a chug, apparently a cross between a chihuahua and a pug, and she is rather fond of barking. <laughs> if she, She's rather protective, and if she hears any noise that she feels like somebody's attacking our house, she's got to go after them and let them know who's boss, and I never know when she's going to break out with barking. So recording my podcast at my house is not really a very good choice. So here I am at my office complex. And so I will let you know right now that you are very likely going to hear occasionally uh, some sound in the background that's going to be like a pounding, like they're pounding something in the wall or such. And I'm just going to ask for your forgiveness and your grace as we just realize that sometimes things happen in life that we don't have any control over and we can either fuss about it, grouse about it, grind about it, or we can just get over it. (laughs) And so I'm deciding that for this episode, I'm just going to just get over it and move on. Um, I'm going to be recording my next episode here in just a few minutes, uh, since I do try to record several episodes at once. And so some of the sound might be happening during the next episode as well. Who knows? You know, if this is the biggest problem I ever have in my life, I'm going to have a fantastic life. So I'm just saying, if you happen to hear some odd construction type noises in the background, then just overlook them. (laughs) So the other day I was reading some people magazines that we've accrued because we're not putting the magazines out on our waiting room 
tables anymore because of COVID. So I've accrued quite a few of them at the house, and I've just been kind of flipping through, glancing through them. And I ran across a particular little article. It was July 27th, 2020. That was several, several months ago. But the article was about the chicks, a.k.a. the Dixie Chicks. They, they changed their name from what I could read from the article because of some uh, political reasons. They didn't like the word Dixie in their name anymore, so they took it out. But their first album that they've apparently recorded in more than a decade. I'm not a huge fan of the Dixie Chicks or the Chicks. I don't follow them a lot, so I didn't know when the last time they let out an album. But apparently it's been more than a decade. And this one is called Gaslighter. Now, I thought that alone would be definitely worth an episode, and that's what my next episode is going to be about, dealing with someone in your life who happens to be a gaslighter. Good times. But there was a comment in the article that I found interesting. It said, quote, the outspoken trio remain unafraid of their critics, end quote. And so I thought it would be a neat episode just to talk about how unusual it is for us to be unafraid of our critics. I did want to point out there is a difference. Uh, They are a trio, and it is true that it is easier to face criticism when you are a part of a group, when you feel like the group is being criticized versus you as an individual. So I need to point that out you know, right here at the beginning. But having said that, you know, the the fear of being criticized can paralyze us with fear. I, I have conversations with my patients on a fairly regular basis. This comes up fairly regularly, um, this, this fear of being criticized. So it, it begs the question, what exactly are we afraid of? It does... It it is worth your time to ask yourself that question. If somebody says they don't like your clothing, okay, they don't like your clothing. And this is an exercise that I end up taking a lot of my patients through. We do have to ask ourselves, what exactly are we afraid of? Up. What do we think is going to happen? Because clearly we think something is going to happen or we wouldn't be afraid, afraid of being criticized. Sometimes I think that we feel like another person's opinion has more value than ours. If you're doing something, then it's probably because you want to do it or you feel like you should or need to. And someone else comes along and they decide they don't like what you're doing. And they're going to criticize you for it. Well, they have a right to that. They have a right to their opinion. But so do you. So who's right? You think this. They think that. Okay. It's important to note that other people's opinions in in most situations don't matter more than yours. There are some situations, you know, if you're 
applying for a job, you know, if it's a somebody in authority or something, then clearly their opinion can matter more than yours. Let's put that out there. That's that's pretty logical. But we're just talking basically peer level. Your opinion holds as much weight as anyone else's opinion. So they may not agree with you. Okay. And? So if someone else's opinion is different, does that make theirs right and yours wrong? You would say, well, no, logically you say that, but that's oftentimes how we respond. When we're criticized, we react as if because their opinion is different, that somehow means that our opinion is wrong because it has been criticized. So automatically ours is wrong and theirs is right. I challenge that. And I said a few minutes ago, also being criticized as an individual versus being criticized as a group, that's different. When you're pulled out there all by your lonesome, no one else around, and you get criticized, then that hurts more, that stings more, cuts deeper than if you're with a group. And also you have a situation, if you're being criticized, and you think of it from a group uh, mentality, like the sociology of small groups, where you have alphas and betas, and alphas tend to be the ones that end up in leadership roles. The, the alphas tend to be the leaders that the betas follow. And in all small groups, you need alphas and you need betas. You need both. But for some reason, when we are criticized by an alpha, that hurts more. It holds more weight. And alphas are more likely to criticize than betas. In general, betas tend to talk less and be more supportive than sometimes alphas can be. Now, having said all this, you you need to have some balance because sometimes our critics actually, whether we like it or not, have some good points. So it's helpful at times to sort of, if you're able, to push aside the delivery of the information especially if it's delivered with malintent, to sort of push that to the side and get to the content of what they're doing. Not paying much attention to the intent necessarily or the delivery, but the content. They may have a point. And if your critics have a point, then you have the right to receive that information and decide if you want to do anything about it or not. That's your choice. But being able to receive that is helpful because sometimes we get so defensive when we're being criticized that we don't even really hear what they're saying. We're just too busy defending. And sometimes they actually may have a good point. Now, we also have people, individuals that are called people pleasers. That's a very common problem with individuals wanting to please those around them to the point that it's dysfunctional. Because let's just say there's nothing wrong with wanting to please somebody. Nothing wrong at all, okay? But if you're doing it to the extent that you are emptying yourself out of who you are as an individual so that you can please the other person, then we have an issue. 
Um, I also do want to point out here, before I talk a whole lot more about uh, the behavioral patterns of people-pleasing, is that sometimes when we're criticized, it's not so much what the other person is saying as it is our agreement with it. There is a book called The Four Agreements, and I will put that in my show notes. I don't, that just kind of occurred to me, so I don't have the book right here with me, but it is called The Four Agreements, and in my show notes, I will put the author and everything, but one of the agreements listed I thought was very important, and it basically says that criticism coming toward us will only affect us if we somehow down deep inside secretly agree with the criticism. Let me give you an example. Like if I were talking to, you know, a 45-year-old female who could possibly be, you know, maybe she's 20 pounds overweight, you know, whatever. And who isn't after COVID, to be honest? So... If I were talking to her and I were to accuse her of being a big green gorilla, that probably would not keep her up at night. Even if I said it loudly with, with mean tone and a scowl on my face, that still probably wouldn't bother her very much because she knows that she's not a big green gorilla. However, if I were to say, you know what, you're getting a little chunky there, aren't you? You know, getting a little thick around the middle there. Uh, need to maybe do a little extra laps around the old track, eh? If I were to say that, now that would sting. That would stick with her. That would hurt. Not because I said it necessarily, but the impact of it was due to her belief that I was telling the truth, that what I said, she agreed with. So the agreement of something is crucial. Now, psychologically, I like this idea because if something is within ourselves, if we have an agreement within ourselves, then we can go dig that out and challenge it and look at it. And really kind of figure out what we want to do. We can deconstruct it and rebuild it in a healthier way. So I'm always a big fan of anything we can find that resides within ourselves. But it is true. I mean, nobody likes being criticized, but you're not really going to be stinging from something unless down deep inside you sort of agree with what they're saying. So just keep that in mind. Now, the people-pleasing behavior pattern It's basically where our emotions get attached or we attach our emotions to someone else's. So like if if they're upset, we're upset. Um, So we have to keep them calm so we can be calm. It's like if we don't get their approval, then we're going to be upset. We have to get their approval so we'll feel accepted. It's this sticky thing where... We don't really have the boundary there. And we'll talk about that here in just a minute because that's key here with people-pleasing. It's like I have to please the other person, and if they're not pleased, I can't calm down. If they don't like me, then I'm not likable. 
it's really giving them a whole lot more credit and authority than they have earned or deserve. Frequently, we're doing this because we haven't developed, for whatever reason, most of the time it's because of a difficult upbringing and and or other uh, abusive type uh, situations where we're not sure if we're worthwhile. And this kind of gets back to the four agreements. It's like, okay, I need someone else to approve me and affirm me because I can't do it on my own. I need someone else to tell me that I'm worthwhile. I need someone else to treat me like I matter. I need someone else to approve of me and accept me because I don't have the ability to do it on my own. So I'm going to rely on someone else to do it. And so I have to please them. I have to make them happy because I need something from them. I need their uh, affirmation. I need their approval. I need their acceptance. Why? Because I cannot do it on my own. They do not have the authority to say what you're worth or not worth. You are the only one with that. But that's hard to do. And I spend, gosh, countless hours and days with patients helping them to figure out how to affirm themselves when they have not been affirmed in their lives. And they do not feel like they're worth much because they've been the recipient of messages along the way that indicated they were not worth much, maybe treated by others around them that they were not worth much. And so that's what they believe. And the people-pleasing is, what do I need to do for you so that you can give me what I need, which is affirmation, acceptance, approval, love, and so what it does is it, it attaches you to this other person with this like, like a sticky rope of connection. Well, when you have boundaries and you're able to develop healthier boundaries, and like I said before, and I say this in just about every one of my uh, podcast episodes, you may need to get into a therapist to work out why it is that you have trouble affirming yourself. Um, Some people that have difficulty with this have also have difficulty setting boundaries because if they're people pleasing uh, to, you know, that uh, pathological behavior pattern that I'm talking about, then they need that other person too much to set up a fence, to set up a boundary. And so it gets really confusing and frustrating. If you're going to set up a boundary, then you begin to know that you do have your own thoughts, your own feelings and your own opinions, and they matter as much as anybody else's. You are the one that needs to know that. And you have the right to express your thoughts and your feelings and your opinions as long as you do it in a respectful way. How other people respond back to you, although it may be uncomfortable, it's not your responsibility. And I'm just going to tell you, you know, I know, that there's going to be many times where other people don't like something about you, whether they don't like your hairstyle or they don't like your job or they don't like your clothes or they don't like your uh, accent or they don't like your friends. I mean, there's just, that happens all the time. We're just a bunch of people on this planet pinging off of one another and we're not going to like everything about everybody and nor is everybody going to like everything about you. 
So just accept that. If somebody doesn't like you, that's okay. That doesn't feel good, clearly. But you can let that go. If you have the ability to stand up on your own and know that you are worthwhile. Affirm yourself. Tell yourself that you do have value. Um, A lot of therapy, I think, is reparenting. It's going back and providing things for yourself that may not have been provided while you were growing up. It's challenging some beliefs that have been sitting in there for a very, very long time. Like I said, deconstructing what's in there and rebuilding it in a healthier way. So some people will do what I call hold and blow. I affectionately call them my hold and blowers. They will hold information When I say information, I mean they will hold in their opinions, their thoughts, their feelings on something about another person, and they'll hold it and they'll hold it and they'll hold it, and it builds plate after plate after plate internally, creating more and more and more pressure. They're not sharing this information because what they anticipate coming when they do, which is criticism, disapproval, you know, these types of things, and so they don't want to share those things. Well, a person can only hold so much inside. And like I said in last episode, or there was two episodes before, anyway, after a while they run together. I think it was my last episode. That the more you hold inside, then the more likelihood you're going to end up in a doctor's office, um, especially with anxiety disorders. It's a lot of holding stuff inside. And it, your feelings especially, they are going to be expressed. Let me explain that. You can either choose how to express your feelings yourself by attaching words to them and expressing them verbally. Or you can try to shove them down inside, act like they don't exist, and then they're going to punch and shove their own way out, usually through your body in gastrointestinal ways. So that's much more unpleasant with a lot more side effects. So the hold and blower will eventually blow it all out. The, the individual that they're holding back from will say one thing too many. And then the hold and blower will, all of it, all of a sudden will come busting out very loudly and inappropriately and obnoxiously. Well, when I have a patient that does this, they'll say, well, Dana, you see, that's how come I don't express myself. Do you see what happens when I do? I'm like, I'm, you can't see me, but I'm like wagging my finger back and forth. I'm like, uh, no, that's what happens when you hold it in for weeks and months. Because when you do, and then something else happens, and that next something will always happen. When that next thing happens, it all comes tearing out of you, bursting forth in a way that you cannot control. So we are responsible for our thoughts, our emotions, our feelings, our actions. When we need to communicate something to someone, if we do it along the way, see, it's much less. It's a much smaller amount. So we're much better able to control our emotions associated with it. And we're able to communicate something in a respectful way. But when you hold it in and it all comes blowing out, this does not work well for you or the other person. And we do this hold and blow thing usually because we are afraid of the criticism that we are going to receive or the judgment some kind of negative backlash 
for our expression of our thoughts, feelings, or opinions. Now, we know there are always going to be haters and critics. So you might as well practice honoring and expressing your thoughts, your feelings, your opinions, while recognizing that other people also have a right to their own thoughts, their feelings, and their opinions. And they may be very different from yours, and that is okay. One is not worth more than another. They are simply different. Now, I will say, sometimes when you have people that are rather loud in their personalities, then their opinions and thoughts and feelings when they are delivered sometimes comes across as if they are more important than someone else's. But all you're simply seeing is volume or a loud delivery. Something Just because something's loud or obnoxious doesn't mean that it is more important or worth, worth more than yours. Now, the validity of your thoughts, your feelings, your opinions is not contingent upon someone else understanding you, agreeing with you, or approving of what you're saying. Let me say that one more time. The validity, the value of your thoughts, your feelings, and your opinions are not contingent upon someone else understanding them, agreeing with them, or approving them. They are not connected. I mentioned a a Dolly Parton quote in the last episode, which I love. And I'm going to say it again because I like it. Find out who you are which might require some therapy, just saying, and do it on purpose. If you are doing you on purpose, I guarantee you that once in a while, you are going to run up against somebody who doesn't like it. So the question becomes, what do you do? If you have found out who you are and you're doing it on purpose and someone criticizes you or they judge you, And they will. That's going to happen. These things are not connected. I want you just to imagine, um, as I end this episode, I want you to imagine that the sticky rope that may be connecting you with someone else, that sticky rope of people-pleasing that I mentioned before that attaches you to this other person, like you can't be your own person without them, Um, without their approval. I want you to imagine that this sticky rope that's connecting you to this other person gets chopped in half by an axe. And imagine that you're standing in your yard and they're standing over there in their yard. And this rope, this sticky rope that's connecting the two of you gets chopped in half by an axe. And half of the rope is now lying in your yard. And the other half of the rope is now lying in their yard, no longer connected. Feel free to throw your half in the trash. 
This is Dana, and I hope you have enjoyed this episode, benefited from some part of it. If you have, then I would really appreciate you sharing it on uh, social media, whichever is your one of your preference, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or whatever the case may be. Maybe you know of someone that would benefit from listening to this podcast. I would really appreciate you sharing it with them. If you would like to leave me a message, a question, a comment, if you, there's some kind of topic that you would like to hear an episode done on, then you can go to my website, phoenixinflame.com, and hit contact me and leave me a message through there for my email. Or you can go straight to the email, which is Dana Skaggs, D-A-N-A-S-K-A-G-G-S, at phoenixandflame.com. So I hope the end of this episode finds you doing well, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. This is Dana on Phoenix and Flame.